Hey, audio listener. Welcome to the Druid's Table, an Avenue Studios podcast production. Check out our Patreon and Locals community for exclusive content, access to our private Discord, and so much more. And don't forget to review our podcast to help spread the word. And now, let's dive into the conversation. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Druid's Table. We have not done one of these in a while, so much so that we can't remember what kind of intro we wanted to do. So here it is. Welcome. I'm Dan. I'm Jacob. We've got Zechariah. Howdy. And most importantly, not to say Zechariah is not important. He's very important, but we have I, him I, here I know always. <laughs> he's so important, and actually, he's very excited about the topic we'll be discussing today. We have with us in studio, Adam from the Interplanar Crossroads. Greetings and salutations, travelers. And uh, today, we'll be talking about mechs in Open Legend. I'll let Jake start that conversation in a second. Just want to remind you that uh, you can find us on YouTube, Rumble, and anywhere you find podcasts. You can support us on Patreon and Locals. Supporting us uh, not only helps us continue to create high-quality content, but you also gain access to our exclusive Discord, where you can uh, watch movies with us. Adam actually joined in this week as he's up here on our Movies Night. Watch The Crawling Eye. Two thumbs up. Highly recommend. And uh, we play games. Uh, soon we'll be having Patreon games. I'm not sure when we'll put this up, but we are getting into Twitch and we will have um, our Patreon games on Twitch. So if you're interested in being part of that, you know, join our community, our little forest, and uh, we have a lot of fun in there. And um, yeah, I think that's it. Let's let Adam give his shout outs for what do you got going over at the Interplanar Crossroads? I don't know because I don't know when this is coming out. But hopefully. <laughs> Uh, the biggest thing we've been trying to do for the past month now, I guess, is get things situated for the webpage, the theiopc.com or inofplanarcrossroads.com. Either one works. Got both addresses. Nice. And, well done. Yeah. So either one of those works. Hopefully by now, the maybe the, the black and white will be up, Lord willing. But hopefully the marbled universe has come in and will be behind the icons. Or we'll see um, and it will have a place for the support icon it's a little bag with coins beside it and you click it and then it'll take you to the little blurb about how you can support us it will have patreon subscribe star maybe locals and also the direct pay through paypal so that's what we're working on mainly there awesome that's mainly it well I'm excited about Druid's Table Mm. And starting back up on this episode, we are talking about open legend using mechs in open legend RPG system. Mm. Open legend is so good, you need to say. It I just wanted to say it twice. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was for JP. You know, that was. But uh, yeah, so we're gonna start out with. I mean, there's the classic, right? Companion feet. Right. But as Adam and I have discussed recently, and I didn't even think about this, doing it the other way around. Your player character is the companion, mm. and the main mm-hmm. stat block is your mech. Right. Which I thought was fantastic. Mm. <laughs> and that concludes this episode. Well, I think that's really good, especially if you do another thing we talked about and lock away all extraordinary abilities to mm. the mech. Yep. Oh, yeah, you guys were mentioning that. Yep. Yeah. So for uh, the classic, the original idea, Brick and Bomb Squad actually does this. He has companion tier three. For his armor 
and he balances what Brick's able to do between the armor and what Brick does. But he, it's kind of all one creature, mm-hmm. really. It's it's all together, and but he just splits it up between the two. The only real homebrew we do with that is that the they share a guard and toughness, hmm. um, so that he could. It, it was it gave him a little flexibility, so that Brick has the guard and toughness, but it's it's again all one creature. So I thought I'd just throw that out. That was the, that's the only homebrew we've done. Originally we were doing some other stuff, but Zach and I actually talked about it a lot and realized it just everything Open Legend does with the companion feat just let us do what Brick wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Other than that, so if you're targeting guard or toughness, there's it's just it's always the one. We did play a little with Resolve since they are two different sentient beings in a sense. Um, but on the flip side, I'm interested to hear what you guys came up with. Well, I know for when I was thinking about the mech idea with Open Legend, uh, the extraordinary abilities were left to the weapons on the mech, essentially. Mm-hmm. Or equipment, you know, like a flying boosters or whatever it may be, because that's what fits the mech. So, right. you know, and Adam kind of seemed to agree with that when we were talking about that, because it, it's kind of cool to be like, oh, I'm a normal human inside of a mech who does all the crazy stuff. And then that also allows for the role-playing end, the narrative end, when you're out of your mech. Because now you still have stats for your character. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you're able to go and do your conversations, and you still can do your, you know, uh, conflicts, resolution through diplomacy. You know what I mean? Not always think everything's fighting, right? I mean... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. yeah but, well, I mean, especially with our yeah. group. Yeah, yes. right. How many days on the dock? No. Um... <laughs> Did we do any combat for the entire month? We've gone this many days without direct combat. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Zero. Right. But for me, in a mech game, I really like the idea of being able to target body parts. So you're going to have to homebrew a little bit there. And Adam and I were discussing, you could do something along the lines of... You when the, when that part gets targeted, and you have to figure out the stats on that. You just keep the same guard, maybe, and you just call out those shots. You know, but it's a smaller target. But that's something you'd have to flesh out. I think that each part, you could do something where it's like, oh, it's a slightly smaller target, so it's like a plus two to the guard. You could like figure out because that kind of ba- or plus three in this system is usually the common balancing, right? When you say, yeah, I don't remember the one feet there, but so when you target a part. That part using that weapon or the off of that arm essentially mm-hmm. would have disadvantage. And we were talking about once you get to like disadvantage five, I think it was five or three, we could choose whatever number. You You'd know. have to play test to kind of Correct. feel which mm-hmm. one was. But that best. would be disabled and it'd need to be repaired, be done. It'd have to be repaired be, to begin with. It could be but. broken, and if it gets, uh, if you continue to take damage on that side mm-hmm. inadvertently, yeah. it may be absolutely ruined. It may right. not be salvageable. Mm-hmm. You may have to buy a new part in which the wealth score and credits will actually play a larger role. Mm. Um, there, we we were discussing how those were locked away. You can and you can do that even with things that might not come to mind. Energy obviously comes to mind for fire and flamethrowers and all that stuff. Mm. But even precognition works because you could have a learning program, a combat learning program, assisting the pilot projecting where different things will likely happen. Yeah. Still work with that. Mm. And as far as the the damage and the, and the wealth stuff on it, that's where you have to decide whether you're going 
moderately post scarcity or you know how far in the future are you is it scarce to are you having to salvage pieces from other mechs that get damaged or enemy mechs that get damaged because that can present a lot of fun things of loot becoming not just hey i pick up a sword i got a new arm yeah. or i got a new this from this one and it oh man if you actually let your players make a gunpla of their mech and that's those were the minis you used that could get pretty fun for people <laughs> i'm already seeing seeing stuff turning y'all's heads like our mini one. painter over here is yeah. getting excited yeah yes gonna make a bunch of mechs put them out on the field you destroy them you have to actually smash them and then you can take whatever pieces <laughs> oh that that opens it up for kit bashing too kit bashing. Yeah, yeah kit bashing kit bash all right. of them together if you can fit it on you can use its power um, it, <laughs> go ahead uh, for the credits and the wealth level thing if you do go post scarcity that means 3D printing is on the table 3D printing stuff uh, Lancer that's the thing that's I was the trying one to think of Lancer is a system that is in a post-scarcity. So every part you need to repair is 3D printed. There's other things that are now valuable. Um, and that's why you have the ability to repair these absolutely expensive mechs. And hmm. uh, it's actually good to look for, too, for mixing different mechs styles together. So some of the alien races use a more bionoid type of mech where others use more of a traditional mecha style and then you can always do cyborg style mechs where the humans wired in and then you can actually just make a character but mm -hmm. then perhaps that character that type of mech that needs more attention and support so that's where you have this other character come in and be the play was it with you guys that I discussed a the idea of having a, a character not even have a physical body before? It doesn't ring I a bell right now, but... No, I know I, I mentioned so. it on uh, Around the Hearth sometime. If you loyal, devoted viewers who <laughs> surely came over here from the end of Planar Crossroads to watch on Druid's Table, um, <laughs> you guys tell us in the comments if you remember from if you do it all. What if your ship AI was actually player? Mm. Like a player is the ship I, the ship mm. character. That's um, cool. Like several sci-fi settings have done this, where there's an actual person in there. Their brain has to run, filter all the information out because our or, brains uh, are the best computers. Farscape, where it's like a living. living there's ship. Farscape, mm -hmm. where they have pilot. Right. Um, there's also like for anime, there's Outlaw Star. She's a guy. A gynoid that is... I think she's technically gynoid. I don't think she's cyborg. But she is in, put into the outlaw star to be that computer. She can get out and do things. But her whole... Her biggest strength is while she's inside the machine. And that can be an option for people that don't want to play a pilot, a mech pilot, in a mech game. Mm -hmm. Perhaps they're feeding boons and banes. Uh, they're allowed to do boons and banes mm -hmm. outside of the battlefield because they're st they're in the ship, but they have no physical presence to be able to help them. They have to help the party do that. Time. That's how I think about it as somebody who likes to play support. 
I, but, I'm also a support lover too, so that's awesome. I love that idea. Uh, go ahead. No, well, because then that brings you back to not everybody wants to play pilot. But right. you can have the mechanic, you can have the support person, you can have... There's a lot of different narrative ways, and that's where their skills come in. Now, if you want to stick to, like, the humanoid with no extraordinary abilities, you could also get, you know, because there's item creation, mm-hmm. you can use... That's how you get your extraordinary abilities mm-hmm. on the mech. Mm-hmm. But that can tie into the mechanic. He's got a spanner that's electrified, essentially, right? I mean, right. so there's lots of different ways to do it. Well, and I'm jumping back to uh, targeting different things and having to repair to in Open Legend, one of the easy ways to do that is the success with the twist, failure, but the story progresses would be a very easy way without having to homebrew. Yes, you get that attack off, but now your flamethrower has is out of gas or you know something has Melted. failed and repa- yeah. repaired or oh, it's very very mech anime right. yeah <laughs> like the the idea you know busting up parts and pieces if your mech makes it back to the base you weren't doing your you job you were doing right. your job <laughs> how many you limbs you you just you know cracked you know you cracked screen you should be you should be piloting it in you know just like exposed because it's just you in there holding <laughs> yes. this thing together my like, you know have you even watched iron blooded orphans <laughs> to be fair i haven't either but my son did and he told me it was pretty good I haven't seen too many, but I'm imagining some anime character screaming and just pressing the lever to make the mech walk forward, and he's screaming as if he's the one walking. Come on, Dan. <laughs> you just explained half the mech anime out there. You're not helping yourself here. I know. <laughs> I love what Jacob said about about having someone play the play the technician. And yeah, like yeah, yeah. um, like Lloyd and Code Geass is great. Uh, you know, he's he's you know he's obsessed over his machines, and he gives them personality because. He cares about it. When you, the player that's being the tactician, and you're like, I'm sending these things out to battle, like, you might be like, well, from a game master point of view, well, if they're not in the battle, then how are they going to be engaged? They will be engaged, you know? <laughs> Don't they're screw cra- up this role. I have to fix that. That is my baby out there that you're piloting. You better bring her right, back in one in, piece. Yeah. Keep them in the games, yeah. Keep them on comms. Right, Let them give right. booths. Uh, do cybernetic stuff to, like, you know, enhance the ship from afar or whatever you need to, but the the technician's level of care and that and investment is going to be beautiful fun. It makes a mental mix. I want to run a game where you're kind of like Zoids. Yeah, mm-hmm. Anybody know what Zoids, the battle Zoids are? Mm-hmm. But you have... Dan knows that one, but not the yeah. other, you know, yeah. other <laughs> modern anime. No, I don't know. <laughs> you have, your, your party is only operating like one mech, and you're in combat, and it's like, so it's Sick. not... You know, it's like a battle scene, but you guys are not all in the mech. You have the one pilot. Right. Okay, so here it is, obligatory. Go, go, Power Rangers. Well, okay, there you go. There, but. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I mean, they're basically a mech. Right. <laughs> right. But, you know, and that would be cool, because then it takes, you can give a support role. Right. You know, you can have all the different, you know, even long range. You know, maybe they have artillery part of the battlefield. You know, who knows what it is. But there's a lot of different ways to do that. Yeah. Well, and I, I like the idea of shifting up the combat, too. What you guys are talking about is having some people that aren't on the... If you have a map where the combat is going on, the mech is there, but then you have the ship AI, you have the uh, mechanic and everything, and then long the ship actually could attack and stuff. That would be interesting. Um, Pathfinder... No, Starfinder tried to do this with 
Starfinder. Paizo tried to do this with Starfinder, I should say. Mm. Um, it worked okay. The problem was movement in the 3D space mm. and making that make sense for pi- for piloting and stuff like that. And the idea that everybody needs to fulfill a different role. Like, you can have some crossover, but what we did bump into is if you have too many players that can do the same role, then one of them's going to kind of float around and not know what to do. Mm-hmm. They're not going to have a role in the piloting of it. So you could go two ways if you're going to do space battles anyway. Uh, well, I I actually recommend avoid space battles because of three-dimensional space can get tricky. So unless you want to buy all the stuff to go 3D, yes, you, yes, I mean, you Zach's do. okay with that. Yes, you Zachariah's do. okay with Jacob's that. Jacob's not. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, I think it'd be fun, but if you can do it in 3D space, that's cool. Go ahead with your space battles. But there's nothing wrong with keeping mech battles on the ground and having that support. Yeah. Um, and even if you want to do that whole starship type of thing in starship battles, in it would function in a similar way to that joint system, and you could y- take what Starfinder tried to do, refine it some, and then have it work. And because it's it's a more open system, you're not making hard and fast rules for the piloting of this particular mecha or Gundam or suit or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> mm-hmm. you can actually say, you need this many people to pilot it. Yeah. Because in Starfinder, they had to say, you need this many people, and it was that many people, period. Mm. But each mech can be different. So... You may deploy with this mech this time, but if someone doesn't make it, you have to use... Maybe they're locked up in sickbay or something like that after the last combat. And that's how you narratively take them, take that person who can't make it out mm. and you have them waiting in sickbay. Then they have to pilot a different mech that only takes four people, mm. if there were five now. Yeah. And they have to... Con- they don't have to change their roles or what they accomplish, but they have an AI running the other part. They have to have a, a learning program running the other part. And it can allow for that modular nature, and then you can have them in a station, whether it's a rolling fortress like the first Gundam, or it's a space station, a Starship Yamada-style space station. Mm-hmm. Either one works for that type of deployment setup. So going out to the mission, and doing it, and then coming back. Works really good for military-style incursions for games. Yeah. It works good with the challenge event. If you need to, like, how do I summarize all of these roles, mm-hmm. um, make it a challenge event. That, that challenge event represents the next, you know, say, three rounds of combat. And so that is going to flavor how the, the combat moves go. So you could have everyone on it, your pilot, your mechanic, your... Um, gunner, whatever your lists are, they all participate Navigator. in a challenge event. You do that one, <laughs> that sets the tone of how well you're doing as a crew for the next three, and then you spend those next three rounds of combat, you know, maneuvering things, taking shots, seeing where the hits are before you transition back in. This way you get That's a little cool. bit more movement 
Um, yeah. And just like, okay, next, you know, next time we get our, our team, you know, coordinated efforts, we really need to focus on, on these things. And, and separating it out makes it a little bit more smooth than doing everybody gets a turn, doing their role, and then somewhere in here we're shooting and somewhere in here we're moving. Ah, just challenge event, everybody doing their things together, then a few rounds of just the mechanical maneuvering and shooting and such to reset where you're at. That's not a bad idea. I, I, in my mind, I'm picturing some dirty tactics of like smoke screening the, you know, the, the, hub you know your hub ship you mm. know the enemy fires a smoke screen so now yeah, yeah. your navigator or your you know whoever your support now they have disadvantages and stuff you apply banes to them essentially right so there's like different ways to target those systems too yep now i have a thing i've got a controversial thing uh oh so let me get my drink okay ready i'm ready ready for the spit take ready for the spit take no. <laughs> Balance is important, guys. Game masters, balance. <laughs> balance yeah. is important. Here we go. There's nobody. Nobody likes being in a fight that's unfair, where there's no chances of winning, and the odds are stacked against you, and you can't do this. But you elected a mech anime. Okay. Throw balance out the window. Scrap it. I don't care. Just yeah. Gone. Have you seen Gurren Logan? They yeah. throw literal universes around by the end of the thing. Like shurikens. Balance is not. A part of this balance this is a story now about power dynamics your characters like I like the companion idea I like the reverse companion idea even more right yeah. look make a level 8 character for the mech give it a whole stat block give it personality give it powers give it abilities everything it's its own thing and then your player characters get a level 2 character because that's what they deserve. That's what they are in this world. In this they world, you are level one, two, or three. Yep, that's it. That's where you cap out. There's no there's no balance here. You don't want balance. You don't need balance. Mech storytelling is, what are you outside of that? That is. How do you bring meaning to your bug-like existence in a war where the scale is on, on this level? Yeah. And when you get that moment to go from being a level three character with no extraordinary abilities or maybe you got a little something like a psychic a psychic link you've got one extraordinary ability and that's that's why you're a pilot you have you have a couple of little meaningless points in divination that's why you're a pilot you're special but now now when the battle comes out you pull out this level eight character and you're like now i am a god <laughs> that is what this experience is, and then you don't get it through balance. Now, brick, you know, is you know we're using a mech-like kind of rule system, but that needs to be balanced because of the story we're telling. Right, needs balance, and we're we're trying to play on that even field. But if you're trying to do something that is Gundam, Code Geass, uh, Attack on Titan with your flesh, flesh mechs. Oh, thank you for throwing that. In. Oh, I love that. <laughs> uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion, especially, especially if you're doing Neon Genesis Evangelion make it overpowered, make it unbalanced, and make it hopeless. And get in the mech. Get in the mech, Shinji! <laughs> <laughs> so there, that's, 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 my, that's my kick. Yeah. Well, go ahead, Adam. Go ahead. I think that works real well for the idea, especially when you have them start at one, and so you, the mech is still, is still built out. Mm. Of course, the best mech. The ultimate, or whatever you want to call it. That's, that's a hidden thing they can earn or get to, and that's a 10. But 
Um, the god mech or whatever you want to say. Build up to it. You the grand shining mech. Oh, do a shining Gundam style game. That's a that's basically Gundam with fighting tournament. Okay. That's what it is. And they were all themed. It was absolutely ridiculous. There was a Mexican. The Mexican space station was a sombrero. <laughs> it's awesome. like it was so fun. Please it, they punned that, and it was Mexican. Mexican, <laughs> oh, yes, that's Mex City, Mexico City. Um, but that's really good for that. That big, huge power fantasy thing. Because I mean, the pilots, depending on which Gundam you go with. Mm-hmm. The pilots aren't super extraordinary outside of like a little precog-ish type of stuff they have going on just to be able to pilot the mechs fast. You don't even have to do that. You could just you just roll with level one characters. And if you're doing like a military type setup, you're a level one character. And if you get promoted, mm. you get to level two. If you do well in the missions, you get to level two. Mm. And this can actually motivate your players to kind of adhere to a bit of the military code with reward not just because of role play but there's actual mechanical reward for doing so yeah I really like that and they still cap out at like level 3 2 or 3 3 you do get some powers in in open legend because it's a condensed system so you may actually want to just refer to it as experience you get an experience point Mm. and break it down further that way yeah that might be a safer way to to start delineating that power scaling because you're wanting larger power scaling. That means that at at level 8, this mech is tens of levels above you because of how much experience it takes to get up there. So that mech feels super powerful when every experience counts to your ranking in the ship mm-hmm. and your, your ability to go places in the ship because mm-hmm. your security clearance goes up when you get a promotion. You're able to access different things within the ship. You could have like a whole little hub ship that you're working with, and you're able to get access and request better up, better uh, materials for yourself and for your kit group. And if you want to run it where it's like little squads, your squad gets better amenities, better buffs, and they're able to enter the the battle with higher morale if you have a morale system. So. And it lets your techie feel powerful too, because when he can upgrade a system on something that's level eight, you know, that it feels grand. And if you as a bug squat, you know, person on the ground ever even paying one of these things, you know, notice it doesn't tip the tide of the battle, but like you scratched it, that feels powerful. And playing that power dynamic makes it very, very um that's kind of I think what a lot of people are going for with it you have to cultivate weakness or the feeling of helplessness in order to appreciate the grandness otherwise you just feel like you're playing characters at a big scale mm-hmm. also See, they have to oh go ahead no go ahead they have to be a character yeah. the mech has to be whether you're a whole character sheet or whatever they need to have character and personality mm-hmm. they have to and it can be like a almost like a collective personality that everyone has ascribed to her especially if it's we call group run yeah I we call like her group run oh, idea we call it. ships hers and yep. she like yep, i yep. call astro astro because it's an astro van and i think of it as, i don't think of it as a him it's not a him but i say him go to go over to astro and get him get this out of him or something yeah mm-hmm. we just do that and 
people do that to personalize their stuff? What type of what type of insignia does your squad have? What type of uh, like maybe it's really loose military, like either post not fully post apocalyptic, but maybe reestablishing society after a great war, or something along those lines that use the mechs, and that people can't repair it as well, and it's becoming almost like Adeptus Astartes and stuff like that with their almost religious fervor for their their knowledge and how dangerous it is so they keep it kind of pulled back like the Brotherhood of Steel in the first two Fallout games Mm -hmm. and so you have those type of dynamics you can run with in whether it's post-apocalyptic where they're piecing it together and kit bashing or it's post-scarcity and they're not and they're fighting over the things that are the resources for that Mm non-scarcity because when you look at space and travel, depending on how advanced you are in your setting with your mechs, there is no limit of the resources we can access. You could siphon the gas off of Jupiter and Neptune, uh, not Neptune, Jupiter. You can get hydrogen material for hydrogen generators, which we could technically do today, um, in off of Neptune and just asteroids. The asteroid belt is huge with minerals. All the gold you'd need to run circuits and silver you'd need to run circuits and all that jazz that everybody fights over today. That you have access to that. There's no more scarcity of that. It's just getting it out and getting it and mm-hmm. doing stuff with it. Or you just go full post-apocalyptic. Almost steampunky. Mm. You know what I mean? Like Diesel punk. Diesel punk, yeah. And I love the idea of it being like <clears throat> you you're lucky to have survived your little group of people with one mech that you have to keep running it gets mm-hmm. damaged you have to repair it mm-hmm. you know, yeah your mechanic actually has a higher social standing than someone who may even be piling it in right because the 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 mechanic may be an old pilot or an ex-pilot they got injured he's like man i could still do that get in the yeah. get in the mech <laughs> yeah, yeah. shinji <laughs> Don't just, make me do. Don't ways. make me get in the mech. Yeah. Don't make me get in the mech. I fix it and you fly it. So there's a lot of different ways to run it. Because I don't like that overpowering, like massive mech monster craziness. I like that. Like, oh, I just sprung a hydraulic leak and now I'm stuck in the middle of a desert wasteland trying to figure out what to do with my mech. Oh, I mean, that attack. makes me think about when I'm on the tractor cutting hay. I, I, <laughs> I helped myself remember how to run the tractor by thinking I'm running a mech. Yeah. Because <laughs> technically, kind of is. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so it's a mechanical piece of equipment that I run to do stuff. But that doesn't mean I'm not... Right. <laughs> Play. Um, I just thought I sh- I'll give a quick shout out. We did... Because uh, I think with all of what we're talking about... It's, it should be assumed, but doing a session zero and talking with the players ahead of time on what they want to play. Because, yeah. like, the difference between the Mega Max and the spring and a leak, and yeah. you're done. Yeah. <clears throat> so, shout out Around the Hearth. We did a whole Around the Hearth on session zero. So, check that out. It uh, is important to do. Yeah. And to talk to the players, see what they want. Because I love the idea of the group, the group thing, and with the challenge event and. Also having like multiple mechs that you have personalities to, and so you're starting to actually like gotta catch them all. Yeah. Character sheets yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff. No. And I, you I, want you've got it's post scarcity, so you don't have to worry about it. So you want this piece to complete your collection. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be great for a collector thon type of game mm-hmm. where everybody's trying their their squads trying to collect all the different parts so they can mix and match. Not because there's actually any 
dangerous war. Like that could actually be a thing that war's not fought and it's really dangerous. It's fought and almost watched like sport. Yeah, that's why I was saying the Zoids yeah. aspect. Oh, interesting. You know what I mean? Because they that, would set yeah, up. Yeah, that the, is Zoids, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, because they would Basically. set up the battlefield and they'd sit with their hobs outside the edge, and you'd have like the commander chatting to the Zoids, running into battle with each other. And so they didn't go down. They had to. They get picked back up by their hub, or it was like a pretty much a big semi truck, mm-hmm. glorified semi truck. Yeah, and they would take them back, repair yeah. them, try and see where they could change fix up them, equipment. Upgrade, yeah, see if there was permanent damage. They'd study each other's. Max be like, well, we're facing up against these particular. The Liger zoids. is facing up against the loop lupins. Yeah, whatever. right. And then there was the bear-looking ones, and mm. so that would be kind of a cool way to. So there's a lot of different ways to run a mech game. You know, it's yeah, and that's where an open legend is wonderful because, as we've talked about tonight, there's multiple different ways to do it, even in one system. Mm-hmm. And I one one way that I think is cool is you guys probably well maybe Zachariah has. But you two don't know much anime stuff. So, uh, Armor Hunter Metal Link. It is a old anime in Japanese. It's not, I say old because I'm old, I guess. It's an older anime in Japanese. Didn't come over here. But I think you can find certain episodes of it on YouTube. And it is basically about this ex... Uh, this basically a player character who is getting revenge on the on the specific part of the military organization that tossed him and his group out and abandoned them and mm. basically framed them for a botched operation and he's the only one left and he hunts the the metal link, uh, the, the armors which are called zukons i think and they're actual they're not as big as gundams or anything but they're armored suits that are worn similar more similar to what you would see in starship troopers but not thematically the same. Mm-hmm. And he hunts them with a long-range armor-piercing rounds. But he, if you are doing that with a team-type setup, and they're hunting the mechs, that also could be done. Because mm-hmm. then you have you do have to stat up the mechs. But right, hunting the mechs is also fun. Yeah, hunting the hunting the big beasts. It's awesome. And fun. I'll throw out what I, I've i been thinking about as you guys have talked about all these different options. And it's, I also love the team-based games, especially. That's why I love RPGs in general. <laughs> but the idea that you have the group, like you were talking about, Zach, with the challenge event and, and the combat and everything, but you need a group to run the mechs. And having it, if you end up having multiples, that someone has to be selected as the pilot. And this would go back to where there might be some overlapping roles that like someone always has to cop in and run it and everybody else has to fill the roles and maybe each person starts getting their favorite mech that they like to be the one that pilots that mech. Nice. And so they're going in for the, the straight on combat. Everybody else has to do the challenge event and fill these roles. And so depending, it would make you really have to work as a team because depending on the mech, depending on the situation, who's going to best fill in these roles that you need to succeed and then you can have character sheets for each of the mechs and and that determines like what you want who which player characters you want because they're all the level one two threes how can they best support in which role and a way you could run them not always using the level eight mech is say well it's going to drain your wealth level Mm. because it costs fuel Mm -hmm. resources yeah drain their resources to say okay this mission you as the gm could be like 
the the mission command and you send them the mission really works great if you theme your emails around it or your oh, messages or your discord idea. stuff yes. actually do an ar type setup with it and you theme your your dispensations to them and say this is operation you give it a code name and that's what your episode title is too so <laughs> you give it a code name and then after that code name target you know all that stuff you give it a, like a specific write-up and you say this is the mission wanted alive wanted dead want uh, target destroy supply lines target destroy depot stuff like that and then uh uh the characters then have to look at their resource count that they have and say which mech is going to be best for this or should we take a couple low level mechs and do it mm. if we take the if we take level 8 if we take big bertha she is going to drain all of our resources we got to reserve her so what why don't we take uh tweedledee and tweedledum small quick fast two people running each and we go quick hit in mm -hmm. and out operation done and then that adds your credits you get credits for your mission run so you could yeah. do it even you could even do it as like a missionary mech group not a missionary mech group a mercenary mech group totally different mech groups totally different <laughs> totally different mech groups you might need one to go in first before you send the other right? you know <laughs> or after depending what happens yep <laughs> Kind of like <laughs> You're gonna look up Jesus Mech in just a minute. I know. No, it's already wheeling in there. No, it's now instead you, of Big Bertha, it's Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa, you code name all of. Oh, you religious theme your entire military system. Yeah, like the Catholic type of setup. Where's the bit? Where the bishops? Or, you can, the or the or Cabal for Neon Genesis Evangelion. Like it's all religious imagery. Well, yeah. But Nemo, Neon Genesis Evangelion took its own religious imagery way out there. <laughs> so, I don't know. No, I really like that. I, lo I lost what I was thinking, but that's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, being able to run the resources, keeping a credit right. Oh, count, yeah, yeah, that's what we're talking about. And all of that could make it really... You do add crunch... But Open Legend's a pretty open system. Yeah. Most people, most people take don't use the wealth level, wealth level anyway. Right. So you could just use credit scores. Yeah. Well, and I was gonna even throw a shout out to JP, Great Mustache. He did the decimal sort of system to the wealth level. So certain decimals. He has a whole little thing. I'm not sure. JP, comment on this episode with the link to it. But that that could be the sort of thing to give a little more crunch to it in that. If you use this mech, it's going to reduce you this many decimal points. And so I think it was one out of ten for each of the wealth levels. Mm. Bonus then, points if you use ASCII art for your displays on your um, on your themed, themed PD, or, emails and yeah, PDF yeah. stuff you give to I, players. I love that idea. That's a good I love idea. ASCII art. I can't do it, but I like the, I like the crunchy kind of computer feel. It would also work well for... Uh, 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 West March's style game yeah. too because mm -hmm. you could you know whoever the GM's are they can just send out hey these are the bounties that are up right now who's got max bounties that are up actually hit it nice. yeah that would work really well and players have to risk they spend credits to get it they they bid to get it so they're they're bidding against other play oh, other cool. even if it's not like a West March so they bid up a bid 
lower than the asked amount. So they bid a little lower and they have to think about their, you know, cost and reward if you want to get a little more crunchy on it mm-hmm. and say, okay, Alpha Group is underbidding by a thousand credits. What you gonna do? Well, we need that. We need that contract to get some good, good karma. Not real karma mechanically, but get some ins with this group. We need that. What are we gonna do it pro bono? We can't do it pro bono. We gotta go something. We gotta get some kind of return. We gotta at least cover the fuel. What's the fuel cost? And so yeah, then you, they calculate the fuel that's cost, fun. and it's like, oh, so the whole group's involved, right? And. I guess this goes along with all the things where we're talking about having the group run the the mechs or even having a pilot and a support group and stuff like that. Don't be afraid to do that because I found out with the Adventure Academia that if you start the game that way, no one knows any different. If you start the game where everybody has to vote on what's happening and what it's doing and it's a collaborative work, a collaborative game environment. Mm-hmm. They don't know the difference that it's not that way. Because nobody except my son had played Open Legend when we started playing it for the educational math practice of it at the homeschool group where I run Adventure Academia. Well, that means they don't know any different that you don't discuss and talk about what you want to do. What is Hildegard going to do? Is she going to heal? Is she is she going to heal them? Is she going to cast... A spell to blind them like see your sin or something like that is she going to do those things what's Maximilian going to do is he going to do his fireball or is he going to do this and then they discuss it and then vote and it works out kind of you have you Maximilian do one thing so that it forces that the cooperation I definitely think whichever whichever route you take you have to make sure that you make the mecha character. Mm-hmm. So I would say, like, if you think about Star Wars original trilogy, I know this is like just very, very different. Like, the Millennium Falcon is a character. We, you care about it. It has a story, it has an arc, it has a personality for not even speaking thing. You you care about its about its 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 longevity. Well when Hans Holo says, Come on, old girl, hold together. Yeah. You're like, yeah, hold together. Mm-hmm. So how do you mm-hmm. make a machine a character without somebody actually playing it themselves, right? Mm-hmm. How do you make it a character? That's really interesting. I I like the idea. I'm a little more towards Jake in going post-apocalyptic rather than post-scarcity because that having to care for it mm-hmm. and having a breakdown and stuff does, I think, make... And then if you have the team doing that, there's going to be the people that just want to throw the mech at the problem. And the, and the other characters, depending on how much investing, you know, probably the mechanic or something is like, no, I have to fix this. Or so, in, the, in the post-apocalypse, you're going to have to worry about resources a lot more. Right. And it uh, names also. I think yes, having them name, name it. it. Now, w- maybe, too, I, I guess it would depend on you doing it if you had the party as a whole stat out the mech. If you mm-hmm. had a separate yeah. character sheet for the mech, Maybe the party as a group comes together. Or may yeah, it depends on how you're doing it, but maybe session zero is something you could do where it's like, okay, you have this much. It's gonna be if we're going post apocalyptic or something like that, or a scarcity type setting, you have this much you can work with. 
build a character together as a team yeah. for it. And then as you're leveling up the mech, it's you gaining more resources and, and being able, or tearing apart other mechs that you've beaten in battle and putting more stuff on. I think it's that that investment as a group that would start to give it the personality. And there has to be, at some point, someone has to ask, well, what are we calling this thing? Yeah. <laughs> and have someone have someone draw it. Commission some yes. art. Draw it well, out. Well, I'm back to the kit bashing Just idea, the more too. You oh, this is put together. That's what I almost lost. This is an excellent way to run a mech Gaslands. Mm. Gaslands is, you basically take a hot rod car, or something of that scale, and you customize it, kit bash it around, tear it up and bring it back together and it makes like a little monster car truck thing for a mm-hmm. post-apocalyptic game. But you could do that tear, someone could just tear apart a CD player, smash the put the parts back together and they have their mech. <laughs> Love that. You, you could l- literally destroy st- I, ha- I saw a guy take a phone it's on YouTube somewhere I saw a guy take a phone old cell phone take it apart and cut things do things take it apart and put it back together into a dragon <laughs> he had a dragon mech and it's his mech you know type of thing yes yeah it was a sculpture but I'm saying it's a mech right right so you can do that type of game in uh, with this type of mindset about the setting especially Gundams are cool Maybe there's Gundam pieces on there. Mm. Maybe, maybe your gun. Maybe you can't find what you're wanting, mm-hmm. but your mechanic knows how to build it. Oh yeah, and I you like add, that. And you say, yeah. you okay. need the learning or logic or whatever so, or the feats. And it takes missions to get the parts. It takes missions well, to get the schematic. That's what exactly what I was thinking. Bringing it back to Open Legend specifically, mm. to to like the characters can maybe yeah yeah, the characters can level up. And again, t- thinking of that cap again, I do like that idea of the the mortal flesh needs that cap, but um, they could level up certain ways, maybe by ge- uh, completing bounties and stuff to represent their increase in wealth level and access to resources. The mech levels up by gathering resources. So There's no way to improve the mech without yeah, doing. You only yeah, get XP no XP points. Yeah, you have. You may have to be clear. It gets going back XP. to session zero, be clear about how you're doing it, but mm-hmm. the mech doesn't get XP for destroying other mechs. Right, it, it gets, gets XP. XP from what you can do with whatever stuff. So you may not Ooh, even need a fight, but you really get to, cool. you found a warehouse that was buried. You know, if you're post-apocalyptic setting, you find some, you know, old world buried thing. Well, now your mech just got an XP point because you got access to all these resources. So you're, so you can do it where, especially in mechs. I, I appreciate what Lancer's done with the idea of a post-scarcity mech. It really works good for power fantasy type of setup. Mm. People want to pilot mechs. So if that's what you want to do, cool. You can do that. Post-scarcity works. But scarcity works better for tension because there's always going to... Something's always going to be scarce. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's money or time or resources or whatever. There's always going to be scarcity. It's too real, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, say that uh, giving personality to something, they find a dilapidated mech stuck out in the 
out in the desert sands with its pilot skeleton in it mm. probably got stuck in there and died of starvation mm, or something. History. It has history. They call it dusty and they bring it back, but it's going to take forever to to clean it up and fix it if they do it at a slope. It, you tell them as the GM, yeah, you can fix Dusty up, but it's going to take a long time. It's going to take a year to fix her up. And you're like, well, we don't want to wait a year. Well, what do you want to do to fix her up faster? You're going to have to devote resources to do that. Mm-hmm. How much How much are you willing to spend? What type of credits are you willing to, to go for? What type of fuel we, do you want to do? What are you going to make a deal with in order to get that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it motivates them. finding out what you've got? And that could bring in a character who has more social expertise stats that doesn't seem like mm-hmm. they should be able to help with the mech, but actually they're the wheeler dealer. Well, they find the pound. The or, or the person who has to actually, like, like someone has to actually step up and be willing to fight other people on that human scale. Like, yeah, what's yeah. the purpose of being a fighter? Well, when I've got mechs, well, because someone might want to come in here and try and steal the mech, you know. Right. We need yeah, someone yeah. to actually... You know, or to the keep mech the guards us, but who going. guards the mech? Who guards yeah. the mech? I like that. That's a lot. interesting. So, oh, that's cool. It looks like there's a lot of different angles you can do with Open Legend and mechs. Yeah, it's really exciting. We could go on forever. Yes, we could. Play mechs forever. and let us know what your thoughts are. Yeah, yeah. Let us know uh, what kind Get in of the stuff. Eva. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if you do uh, some flesh, we didn't really cover flesh style mechs, but even flesh style mechs need resources. Just yeah. throwing that out there. They have bodily functions that need worked out. So quirks and weaknesses. Give. As we are all fathers, we know. We yes. Know. Yeah. <laughs> we are we are all giant mechs with weaknesses. We're all giant mechs that Our excrete different things. That's right. Pregnant women are just baby mechs. All right. There you go. Uh, That's clink babies in there. There you go. Clink and drink. Clink and drink. Thank you all for joining us on Druid's Table. And if you made it to the end of the episode, we have got one thing to say. Congratulations. 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 (laughs) They don't get the reference, (laughs) but we get the reference. Yeah, I don't get it. Nope. (laughs) That's okay. Shinji didn't get the reference either. (laughs) Comment below if you get the reference. Yes. We will see you on the next Druid's Table. Adam, thank you so much. One more shout out. Where can they support you? Patreon subscribe star, or hopefully PayPal directly, the end of planet crossroads.com. Perfect, and we are Avenue Studios. This is Druid's Table. You can join the ever growing forest known as Avenue Studios by joining our locals or Patreon communities. Doing so will not only help us continue to create high quality content, but you will also gain access to our exclusive Discord where you can chat with us, watch movies, play games, and so much more. Thank you guys so much for chatting, Max. And, uh, We will see you next time. Good night, y'all. Bye. Thanks for joining us at the Druid's Table, an Avenue Studios podcast production. Do give us a review on your podcast app of choice to help spread the word. You can further support us and become a part of the ever-growing forest known as Avenue Studios by joining our Patreon or Locals community. Doing so will not only help us to continue creating high-quality content, but you will also gain access to bonus content and our private Discord, where you can chat with us, play games, watch movies, and so much more. Don't forget to check our podcast description for the music and ambience that we use and thank you so very much for joining the adventure and we will see you next time